0: welcome to 2024 let's remember the good times from last year huh this is locked on baylor you are locked on baylor your daily podcast on the baylor bears part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to another episode of Locked on Baylor brought to you by FanDuel. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I am your host, Cam Stewart, and welcome to the glorious year of our Lord, 2024. Now, look, 2023 wasn't the best year ever for Baylor Athletics. I don't know if anyone's going to be calling it the year of the bear or anything like that. But there were some positive moments, some more negative, sure, depending on how you look at it. Realistically, Yes. More negative, but we're going to look at some of the positives later on in the show because first I want to break down which actually ends up being one of the big positives of this year. And that is from Saturday, December 30th, your Baylor Lady Bears waltz into Austin where they had won 13 years in a row, but come in, you know, still the underdog, even at number 10 in the nation, even at undefeated They were still the underdog against number five, Texas. And this seems to be, you know, it it happened last year with the Big 12. Baylor didn't win it for the first time in, in over a decade, almost a decade and a half. And now it looks like this is Texas's conference. And they've got a ton of star power over there. Ones that we didn't necessarily see on Saturday. Yes. But Nikki Collins team comes in and they are not phased one bit. They go into Austin. They win again, which is like their favorite place to play. I mean, mean, remember, they were struggling last year. They weren't ranked. They beat UT there as well. And this great note by David Kay, um, SID over at Baylor, talking about how Baylor's now won 14 in a row in Austin. And the last time they lost, Instagram was invented like three months later. So Texas women's basketball has never had the chance to put a positive final score graphic on Instagram beating Baylor at home hadn't happened and obviously you look back at most of those wins those are under Kim Mulkey and that seems like a different quality of team from what we've seen the last two years under Nikki Collin but I look at this year's team this this has the quality of a Kim Mulkey team which inherently means that it has the quality of an elite eight final four big 12 champion type of team and you saw that again on Saturday. I've mentioned it on this podcast before. I am so high on this team. I really am. In fact, in fact, right now at this very moment on January 1st, 2024, I am more confident about the the deeper tournament run being with the women's basketball team than the men's basketball team. That said, with the potential on the men's team, I do think they can go out and win a national championship or at least go to a Final Four. I do think that's still possible. But from what we've seen on the court this year, one team keeps ascending. One team's hit a bit of a rut. The ascending team is the women's basketball team. And you saw it once again on Saturday against Texas. Now, that's two top five wins this year for a team that's about to be in the top five. Two top five wins this year. They're 2-0. and Obviously, they're undefeated on the season, but 2-0 against those top five teams, and they have not trailed for one single second in those two games. Is there a stat more impressive than that? Number 4 Utah at home back in the beginning of December didn't trail for a second. Then they go to Austin. I know Rory Harmon's not in there. Stinks. But they go and they don't trail for a second against a team that is higher ranked on their home court and they don't get that boost. So yeah, I mean, you, you talk about the, the players that are out for UT, obviously Rory Harmon being the biggest one, one of, if not the best point guard in the nation. Uh, okay. That stinks that she's not in there. We'll, we'll, we'll play the game at your place. Hopefully that'll even things out. It didn't, it didn't. Baylor went in there and they didn't trail for a second. And <laughs> I've been so high on Sarah Andrews this year. I think she is one of the the, the top point guards in America right up there with Rory Harmon. And this is no disrespect to her at all. She still had a pretty solid game, but the guard we're talking about is Jada Walker, (laughs) y'all. Jada Walker, thank you for being here. I mean, welcome to the show, Jada Walker, 19 points on 8 of 13 shooting. Uh, add in a couple of rebounds there, three rebounds, three assists for good measure. Uh, she was hooping on Saturday, absolutely hooping. And I, this is a broken record at this point, but as good as Jada Walker was, there were still stretches that game where Dre Edwards was the best player on the court and she ends up being second. Um, in the team and scoring Uh, Walker has 19. She, all she does, Dre Edwards is go for 18, eight of 12 from the floor, eight rebounds, six assists. Nobody fills up a score sheet like Dre Edwards does. Nobody. There's like never a zero in her box score. She's been fantastic this year. Again, this, the person that we were waiting for the player we were waiting for last year and through no fault of her own, we, we didn't get her last year. and, this is the player we were promised, and we are absolutely getting it. And the depth of this team, the depth of this team, is what really gives me the confidence going forward. Um, because they had a they had a good roster last year, absolutely, but players got hurt. Uh, Dre Edwards unfortunately couldn't get onto the court again, not her fault, and so they became a very thin team, very thin. And this year that is so far from the case. I mean, again, you want to talk about those great Kim Mulkey teams. One of the things they were great at was depth. And sometimes it was only eight girls, but the quality that they could bring off the bench that could, and the versatility they could bring off the bench is very similar to what, what Baylor has now. Um, That 22 team, that first one for Nikki Collin, um, did not have great depth. They had great frontline frontline players. Obviously, Melissa Smith was the best player in college basketball. Uh, but it was still kind of working in getting those recruiting classes in for Nikki Collin and building that depth. And she probably would have had it last year. (laughs) I mean, if so many players didn't, didn't get hurt and miss time, but instead, uh, she's, she's got it this year and it is, it is a special thing to watch they what one point led by 13 early in that game i mean they really jumped out on, on ut uh, i think it was 23 to 10 which was the largest lead in the game and then almost as impressive as just winning by 20 was just how they kept the horns at at arm's length the rest of the game and especially down the stretch that's what was impressive to watch and it was the same thing they had against utah too and that other that other huge win they've had this year um is that they executed down the stretch, which was something we didn't see from a young team last year. You know, they, they, weren't, they weren't trying to do too much. Um, they were just trading baskets at that point late in the game, which when you were already up six or eight, you'll take that every time. You'll take that every time. And one thing I mentioned last month uh, is that it, there's nothing that looks fluky about this team. You know, it's not like, ah, if you catch them on a good shooting night, they could beat anybody or, oh, they're, they're really only good in the half court or they don't run sets well, but they're really good defensively. That's the thing. There's, there's no real hole in this team. Um, And I look at how much they're shooting the three and I'm, I'm taking that. I'm taking that every time. What was it? Eight of 13 uh, from three Uh, or excuse me. Sorry. That was free throws. I was like, that would be insane. Uh, Nine of 20 from three. If they go five of 20 from three, I'm probably looking at this game a little differently cuz they lose but I'm not like boy what are they doing shooting 20 23 pointers. No that that seems about right for them. Um they they win the turnover battle by one. They turn it over 22 times which is which is not great but you know you have a dependable point guard back there in Sarah Andrews. So I, that's not something that's going to creep up game in and game out. Um they got out rebounded but just barely. Um they got second chance points. They they got they got, They outscored him on the bench. They outscored him at points in the paint. That's something we saw at the end of 2022 where it didn't look like a huge strength of the team because they were such a good three-point shooting team. But Nikki Collins said, and I actually think it was that Iowa State game where she said, you know, we've, we've got some talent inside. We can, we can utilize that a lot more. And that's what they did in this game. Dariana Littlepage Bugs. Oh, I can't say enough about her. I've said, I know I've said this a few times, but it was this is nothing against her, but naturally I was expecting a bit of a letdown because she was thrown into a, a bigger role last year than than she or the team thought, and she did really, really well. So even just tapering off, that's quote-unquote a letdown, but she is not. She's been so efficient for them um, on both ends of the floor. She is really playing bigger than she is, and that's one of the reasons why I think this team can can make a deep run. I mean, I am I am all in. On this team, and they will be featured in our top five moments of 2023, which is coming up right after this. But first, I got to tell you about how today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And this is the best time to be doing it, y'all, with all the the games that we've got spread out. Of obviously, you're just watching college football playoff last night. You've got the national championship next week, but we're all into conference basketball season. So, So now is the time to do it. We're getting towards the NFL playoffs as well. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets if you win, win or lose, sorry, win or lose, 150 bucks. And the app is so easy to use. Even a dummy like me, you just heard me mess up there, but I'm even dumber betting betting sports. Uh, I can use it though, because there's so many different ways you can bet, okay? It, it's it's live, same game parlays. You know, they've got over-unders. You, you've got uh, all these kinds of anytime touchdown parlays. It's so easy, even I can do it, okay? So you got to visit fanduel.com slash locked on to make your first bet. A layup. Okay. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. So, looking at the top moments of 2023, it, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I know some of you think I'm a Debbie Downer just for Debbie Downer's sake. I promise I'm not, but this was difficult. This was difficult. Like, it, it was just not an easy list to put together. Um, there have been, in my opinion, in terms of notable moments, more lows than highs. Um, I even thought about doing a low and a high for each of those. Uh, but I thought, yeah, you know what, let's, let's roll into 2024 with some positivity. We know the negatives. Okay. You don't need me to recap the loss to Texas state or, or losing in the second round of the men's basketball tournament again, or not having either basketball team go, um, past the second round. You know, I, you and I both know that there were some low lights. I could talk about Trey Richardson either what tying or breaking Shea Langolier's record for RBI in a postseason baseball game. So, not only does he, arguably your best player at the time, Trey Richardson, best returning player, go to TCU, your biggest rival, but then he also breaks a record set by one of your all time greats in Shea Langolier. So, plenty that I could choose from in terms of, of bad moments in 2023. But let's look at the good ones. And This was not easy to find. But then again, once I got my list in there, I had to create a stipulation to leave a big moment out. And I'm going to talk about that right now. The the moment I'm going to leave out that I don't have a great reason for, and you guys are probably going to be a little pissed about it, is I'm leaving out the Acrobatics and Tumbling National Championship. I am. Okay? And it is because they are too good. They do it every year. They do it every year and that is a huge, that is a compliment guys. This team is obviously the best program in America. Um, I don't remember where I was when I, when they won the national championship again. So that's why I'm not putting it on there. Um, In fact, I, I, I do think of it as kind of like a next echelon. Like if we did the top moments of 2021, there'd be an obvious number one men's basketball winning the national championship. So, that championship that, that goes above, okay? That, that, is, that is a number higher than one. And I truly mean that, okay? So let's go into the top five here, okay? I'm gonna start at five. Um, there were some ones that I, I did think like my first thoughts were, okay, that's definitely gonna be a top five that didn't, okay? So we'll, we'll have an honorable mention or two. Uh, but number five is with baseball, I know you guys weren't expecting me to talk a lot of Baylor baseball in the year in re- review here in 2023, but it it is from April 15th, a glorious tax day for you guys although it was a Saturday. Um and the baseball team won over Texas 10 to 9 in one of the most exciting games probably ever played at Baylor Ballpark, certainly in recent memory and for one of the worst teams we've seen in recent memory. Now, Part of this has to do with the context of the baseball team. I'm a big Mitch Thompson fan. I I loved the hire. I am really happy about the direction that he is going to bring this program in. I do believe in him. Now, I will say, for baseball versus something like basketball or football, it, it takes longer um, for a school like Baylor. Um, it, it it's just kind of the nature of the sport in general is stacked against a school like Baylor and that's not an overall like just excuse for why they haven't made the college world series since 2005 but um it's just you know with the resources in there and the money that actually goes into it and the amount of coaches you can hire and and how you recruit these kids and the amount of scholarships you have it's not easy to do for a school like Baylor I absolutely believe that and so um this year 2023 they Don't have a good season. You know, it's one of the worst recent memory. They they're the only team that doesn't go to the big 12 uh, championship series tournament, uh, I guess is what it is up in Arlington. And it's just a rough first year uh, for coach Thompson and a very island of misfit toys feel to the Baylor baseball team. That will get better, and one of the great signs was that win over UT, which was a top ten team all season long. I think the preseason number one in the nation, uh, really good Longhorn team, and th- it looked like a disaster. They lost on Friday night, and then they give up four in the first inning. So before they even bat, they're down four nothing. They end the first inning up five to four. This is just a nuts game, UT. Uh, takes a commanding lead back. Uh, it's nine to five going into the ninth inning. And Baylor just makes some magic happen. I think it was a couple hit batsmen, a couple of walks. Uh, they start to bring some runs home. Texas brings in their closer. And uh, Hunter Toplanski has the walk off, two run single, 10 to nine, five runs in the first, five runs in the ninth. Bears win one of the wildest college baseball games of the year. And it it was just such an uplifting thing because you knew these kids just worked their butts off man they they really did and it was just a struggle for for them it was a struggle for coach thompson it was a struggle for us to watch at times but you knew the effort was there which i can't say about some other baylor teams this year you knew the effort was there and you saw it every game and it finally paid off there that was a long time to put over that um number 4 i'm cheating a little bit it's going to be two moments and that is two count them to women's basketball wins over top five teams. And you'll remember that came in the last month of the year. Uh, I almost picked their win over Iowa state back in February, um, which was kind of split in hairs with that one, but they lost two weeks later to Iowa state, but that was a big win for the program um, where they were really shorthanded, went up to Ames and and won that game. But I'm going to go with the, the turning the page into a really, really solid team this year. And two top five victories. We mentioned it in the first segment, but blew out Utah in that game when Utah was number four and then take care of business on Saturday in Austin. And it's two top five wins without trailing for a single second. That is incredible. Incredible. Number three, I'm going to men's basketball. And this is back in February or late January. I think it was late January where the men's basketball team beat Kansas at the Farrell for the third year in a row. And I'm just going to say that again. Men's basketball beat Kansas at the Farrell for the third year in a row. If you graduated around the time of me, or before me, I graduated back in 2019, that seemed an unfathomable sentence. And Baylor had some good basketball teams. But you were thinking, I don't know, man. Kansas is always going to be good. I don't know. It doesn't matter how good Baylor is. I don't know if they could beat them in the same place three years in a row. They just did it. There should have been four years in a row with 2020, but they did it. And and what was so key for this was it was such an up and down month. I do believe it was the end of January when they did it, uh, because that win put them at five and four or four and four in the Big 12. Because remember they started 0 and three, 0 and three, and and they had you know worked their way back up. I think this was somewhere in like the 20 versus seven range or something like that in terms of the rankings, and. It was the classic Bill Self uh, gif or video of him saying, what does he say? They're just better than us, man. They're just so much better than us. And it it certainly looks that way on that night. And then, of course, they had the big halftime lead at, at Fog Allen. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, but just any win over Kansas is still such a big deal, even for the expectations in this program. And so that one is number three for me on the year. And when we come back here, we're going to go over the top two, the very top two moments in Baylor athletics this season. Moving forward to the top two moments, in Baylor athletics in the year 2023. I'm going back to men's basketball and it it is a, a game that they won, but it was not that moment of them winning that's going to be up there. It is February. They're facing Texas Tech at home Saturday or Sunday. It might have been a Sunday. And about five minutes into the game, our conquering hero returned. Jonathan Chum with Chachua came back on the court after essentially 52 weeks of intensive rehab after a really scary injury that looked like it was going to end his his athletic career entirely uh, beat all the odds against it. Obviously had that, that great testimony talking about his fight through this and got to take the court at the Farrell center against Texas tech to this just outstanding ovation. Man, I still get chills. I still get chills. I recorded that video um, that you saw or heard there. And I I wish I had gotten that three-pointer because that was his first three back, it was incredible. First off, we didn't really know he could even shoot threes. He gets this straightaway look, and he's pulling it. And I'm like, man, he's got to have some confidence. And he hits it, and it's one of the loudest I've ever heard the Farrell Center. It was, I'm almost getting choked up talking about this. Like, this was such a a great moment like it was such a the kind of this beauty of sports moment i mean we all we all have seen everyday john you know around campus or in the community or even the way he presents himself on on television um he is like a true stand up guy like a just someone you are so proud to have with baylor across their chest if you're a baylor fan or you're a baylor alum like you're just so proud to see that this guy is one of the ones representing our university that we love so much and he's just the quintessential example of one of those guys that does everything right uh not that baylor's had the opposite of that under scott drew that's not the case at all but we we we've seen his progression we have seen him grow up and you hear all the stories about the the offseason before 2020 2021 when they won the national championship that offseason before where he had redshirted and just practiced with those guys all year long the year before and he was the one that was getting them out to the weight room and and you know even when the gyms were closed doing all the weight training he possibly could and and uh, putting up shots and then he's such a huge player for them in in 21 22 he's the defensive player of the year in the conference and it's that game against UT goes down it looks bad Uh, you find out after the game, it's, it's pretty bad. Then you find out later on, it's really bad. Like, um, not quite life and death stuff, but I mean, he, he had, he was in some serious trouble there, uh, and that operation with the nerve damage and all that, like he could have been compromised the rest of his life. And then we again, see the, you know, him shooting from the chair, right? And you're like, boy, you got to love this kid's spirit. Then you hear about the operation and everything. And you're like, I don't know if he's ever going to play again. And then he comes back in February, just a year after that, after almost completely restructuring his knee and he's out there and he's making an impact. And I don't know what impact he's going to have the rest of this season on the court, but he is absolutely a difference maker for that team. and he was last year. And that's why that moment was so uplifting when he was, when he was back and um, the place went nuts. I, I am, I got teared up watching it. I'm getting almost teared up talking about it now. Uh just can't explain enough how great that moment was. Um, and it's only number two for this year because number one, because I, I tried to get it more of um, on the field stuff. So Jonathan John Muchacho is might be my favorite and hopefully we'll have a bigger impact than this next one, but Baylor football as bad a year as they had as forgettable a year as they had one unforgettable thing was they did have the largest comeback in school history against UCF and things looked really bleak. Uh, they were down 21 to nothing like eight, offensive plays into the game for UCF. It's 28 to seven. Then it's 35 to seven. They have um, a a fumble recovery for a touchdown for the Knights that that shouldn't have even happened. And they went to review and they still upheld it. It was awful. And it was just bad. And we were like really, really teetering towards really, really bad. And look, it, it got to bad. Trust me. But the fight they showed in that game was just an incredible thing to watch. I mean, not only the effort that they put into it, but the, just the craziness of it all. Like, oh my God, breaks are going Baylor's way. Caden Jenkins strip six touchdown uh, to, to make it, I think at that point, a two point game. It's like, holy crap. You know, they, these guys k- kind of out of nowhere, what well, was going to be the lowest point of the season absolutely balled out. I mean, this is a week after getting just their doors blown off by Texas at home. And then they come back and, and it's Blake Shapin's first game back. And they just, they don't get phased. They have a couple of great touchdown drives, two point conversions, the strip six, and then, uh, and then the, the, uh, the field goal to go ahead and win it and to hold them off. I mean, it was incredible. They're down 35 to seven midway through the third quarter And they rattle off 29 unanswered to win the game. Um, The greatest comeback in the history of the football program. That's got to be number one for me. Anyway, let me know what you think down in the comments below. Be sure to like and subscribe. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. Tomorrow, we're going to go over the Foster Pavilion and the, the opening of that arena and what this basketball season has been like so far and what that should be like going forward. Thank you once again. Let me know if I got anything wrong in this top five list or where you were for any of those moments and be sure to follow along tomorrow. This has been and always will be Locked on Baylor.